Hey there, and welcome back to Season 1, Episode 43 of the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name's Aaron Sandemeyer, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with Adam Weber. Adam Weber um, recently um, released a book entitled Love Has a Name, and um, it was a book that was impactful for me, and um, just wanted to to sit down and talk with him. And that's the joy of getting to do this podcast. I get to, to sit down to talk with thought leaders, people that lead that love, that are influencers, and people that just have um, a voice that they want to, something that they want to share. And it was so exciting to sit down with him. As Adam unpacks, um, you know, he went through a very difficult time. He's a pastor in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. He, he shares candidly about um, going through that difficult time and what it meant for him to learn to love again, what it meant for people to love him. He, he shares stories in a book. Uh, each chapter is around the name of somebody that he's loved, loved him, and sometimes they were unlikely people that you wouldn't say, hey, that would be the person. But I think we can, it brought me back. And I think we can all remember people that loved us when it would have been easier for them to leave us. People that loved and stayed and cared for us when it wasn't fun, it wasn't the the the, the popular thing to do, but they loved and cared for us. And uh, man, it, it, Adam just—he's a great writer, very insightful. And you'll the podcast—he's just a great communicator. Just uh, and uh, joy—you can see it in his face. I get to see his face um, in the podcast interview. But just a super person, and uh, just someone that loves loves and wants to see the church. Um, we, you know, Jesus said that they will know us by our love, and um, you know. It's today in a day we live where polarization seems to be more popular than than love. Um, Adam just challenges once again to show the dignity um, and to love people the way Jesus did, and um, that's what Jesus called us to do. So so excited to sit down sit down with him. Do want to ask you to continue to subscribe to the podcast. Um, that, that really makes my job easier as far as getting the word out and um, don't have to send as many emails. But if you subscribe, um, whether you listen to an iTunes or Spotify or whatever, then you'll get it. I know the podcasts I subscribe to are the ones I listen to. And um, we really do appreciate it now being listened in in 103 different countries, um, fastly approaching um, 15,000 downloads. And so, so excited for those that continue to listen. We got some great interviews coming up. Um, Francis Chan, um, Steve Cuss on Leadership Anxiety. Uh, just some really exciting ones. Set down again with Vern Clark and um, Dick Foth on covenant leadership. That's another one you will not want to miss. Just uh, some really exciting ones. Sit down with again with Stephen Blandino. And uh, Stephen's going to be on the podcast um, on a more regular basis just to unpack some of his writings and really looking forward to those interviews with him. And uh, just just some great things coming out in the future. So I uh, appreciate you. Just want to thank our sponsor, um, Wes and Peggy Reed, collaborators in life and mission. Well, there's no time better than now to get started. So here we go. Well, greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to be here with a, a new friend, um, Adam Weber. And uh, so excited because I got to read his new book and um, it really challenged me. And uh, I learned a lot from it. As we Before we jumped into this, I said, it, it's not just something that challenged me intellectually. It's really challenged me in my everyday life is I live and work here in Madagascar. Um, and so just so excited to, to spend some time with him. Adam, would you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience before we jump into some of the questions? Yeah, first off, Aaron, a huge honor to connect with you. I feel like I have so much to learn from you. I need to ask you all the questions because uh, you, you've had an interesting story. And I can remember before I started a church called Embrace, uh, one of my professors said, 
Uh, the only thing hard, harder than starting a church is being a missionary mm. uh, in a foreign country of some kind. And he had been a missionary himself and, and also had started churches. And so I, I have this holy fear of God in, in the area of what you do and what so many of the listeners are doing. But again, just a huge honor. Uh, so I am born and raised from South Dakota. Um, which uh, there's a high chance people listening have never been to. And if you have been to, it's most likely you've been on the opposite side of the state and visited the Black Hills or some of the beauty out there. But uh, born and raised South Dakota, came to Christ as a sophomore, junior in high school, went to business school. I had no desire to be in ministry, went to business school. I, I thought I'd work at an ad agency, start a company someday, and just do generous, like generous things, whether it's finances, uh, given the staff time to do a quiet time if they wanted to, or read the newspaper, or check Facebook if they wanted to. But I, that was my my goal was that. And then the summer before my junior year, senior year of college, I filled in for a pastor uh, up in North Dakota. And within the first week, I knew I was going to be a pastor. So I finished business school that next year, married the daughter of the pastor that I filled in for in North Dakota, <laughs> and then, uh, went to Asbury Seminary in Kentucky. Great school. It has a ton of missionaries that come out of Asbury. Uh, so did that. I thought we were going to end up on the East Coast. We discovered that uh, Kentucky had the perfect winter. And I, I almost want to put it in quotes. I don't actually think Kentucky gets winter, but whatever, whatever it was, I was like, I want that instead of what South Dakota has. But uh, the, the summer before my last year of school there, my home pastor that led me to Christ said, hey, we've been thinking about starting a church in Sioux Falls. What do you mm. think about that? And I told him it was a bad idea and uh, asked who he was going to have as the pastor. And he said, that's why I'm calling you. <laughs> and uh, I didn't want to. Like, I legitimately just didn't have the courage to tell him no. Ended up coming back, starting a church when I was 24 years old. Wow. I, wasn't on, I wasn't on Facebook then or anything. So I didn't know that starting a church was cool. Yeah. I just thought starting a church was a bad idea. And so first three years, we were almost closed. And then we went to, to morning services, and then one morning we over doubled in size, and for wow. nine years straight had explosive growth. Saw so much transformation, so much life change, all this different thing. A couple of years ago, went through a hard season as a church. I share about that quite a bit in the book, and um, so went through a hard season, and now standing in one of the best seasons of my life. I got I got married to my wife Becky for sixteen years. We got four kids. Um, three biological, one adopted, three boys, one girl, and it's been a wonderful journey. So that's kind of the, I've written a couple of books, uh, have a podcast. That's kind of the, I love old cars, random animals. So that's, 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 that's kind of me in a nutshell. And I see uh, somebody, maybe is it the, the Bengals in behind you? Do you like football? I do. That's, I'm actually glad you pointed that out. As we record this, the NFL season is starting up. And this is bobblehead Jesus. Right next to the bobblehead bangles. Wow. And uh, just think, the listener probably won't be able to see this. I just want to make it clear that uh, the bangles are standing at the right hand of Jesus. <laughs> He's actually, um, Jesus is actually praying over the bangles right now. So. Well, all the people in Cincinnati will be happy for sure yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He probably needs to pray for them because they need, they need help. They need supernatural help. Hey, first question, just want to jump in. Your first book, um, Talking With God, was all about um, praying, and uh, and now you've jumped into Love Has a Name. In this focus, you're talking about um, how to love people like Jesus did. 
what made you decide to focus on the topic of loving others? And what was your inspiration for writing um, this new book in this season of your life? That's a great, that's a great question. So early on, we began to think about um, kind of a, a few of us in kind of brainstorming, praying, what was kind of the next step from prayer um, cause the talking with God is really about that connection and relationship with God and fall more in love with him and become more like him and talking with him in these different scenarios. And we began to think like, gosh, like that next step is really loving others. You know, it's kind of the love God, love others aspect of things. And so we began to talk about it and pray about it. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of like that idea. Well, then, um, as I shared, went into a hard season at the church. I had to make a, a hard leadership decision that was not popular, hmm. and I knew it was going to be painful. I, I mean, I drugged my feet with it for six months. I knew it was going to be painful. I had no idea it was going to be, be that unpopular. And so I uh, reached out actually to the publisher and said, hey, I need to push pause right now. I can't write a book. Yeah. And so I did. And really for the first time in my life, went through a season of really feeling deeply hurt hmm. and was far from perfect in it myself. But I really just felt wounded. I felt betrayed. I just felt wronged. Um, first time in my life, I've, I've honestly, I think I've ever had anybody gossip about me. Hmm. And I, 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 I mean, I was deeply hurt and wounded. I, just for anybody who's listening, I wanted to leave ministry. Hmm. I mean, it was that bad. Um, hmm. I was like begging God to let me go. Wow. And so then, you know, came, started to come out of it and really began to like, I got to write this book. Like I've told him I'm going to write this book. And I, at that time I could have changed the topic away from loving people, you know, whatever. And actually I began to think like, man, I, I need to learn to love people myself. Yeah. I've all, I have a very few strong suits, uh, giftings in, in life, but I have the gift of gab the gift of joy, the gift of just genuinely loving people. Those things like I genuinely have almost naturally, like those yeah. just things just naturally come to me. Well, for the first time in my life, I didn't have that naturally at all. Hmm. I, I wanted to love my wife and kids, a few close friends, and everybody else just kind of kind of mind their own business. Yeah. Well, it's so crazy, the timing of this book, because now I'm in this healthy place, life-giving place, but our world feels like it was when I started writing the book, yeah. the world right now just feels like I want to love my wife and kids, yeah. a few close friends, and everybody else can just stay the heck yeah. away. Yeah. You know? And if you think differently than me, then I'll block you. Yeah. You, you, you wrong me at all, well, then I cancel you. You yeah. do this, well, then we're done. Yeah. And we, we, uh, so the timing is just so crazy. But that's really where it came from. It came from a place of, Jesus, I need you because I don't want to love anybody and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that Jesus, when we're in those places, um, Jesus meets us there and he begins to heal us there. Um, he doesn't, you know, kind of throw a Jesus bumper sticker on us and say, oh, just get over it. Instead, he's like, no, this is real pain. Yeah. Like, but, he, but he also says, but we're not going to stay here, though. Yeah. We, we can't stay here. Like, you can't stay, you can't stay and camp out in your bitterness. You yeah. need to process through it and get healthy adam absolutely but i'm not gonna let you build a house here yeah that's good and that's and good. so I, that that's really where it came from that's good you, you shared in your book um one thing that um challenged me you said uh, that love multiplies for the good of others 
What does that, what does, because it's something that's run over in my mind, what does that practically look like in everyday life? Do you, I mean, maybe you have a story or what does love multiplies for the good of others look like in our everyday life? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Aaron. I, so that, that chapter I share about a woman named Joy who uh, has, has just lives a profoundly generous life Hmm. and didn't come from great financial means. Uh, she's a very simple person, uh, very quiet. She's not a person that's su- super charismatic. So if, if she's in the room with you, you may have no idea that you're in the room with someone with great financial resources and yeah. extreme, you know. And uh, But what she's done throughout her life is she's simply taken what she's had and put it in the hands of God yeah. and allowed him to multiply it. And in the Bible, we, 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 we see there's this time when there's five, you know, thousands of people and the disciples come to Jesus. Well, what are we, how are we going to feed them? We need to let them go. Like they need to go eat, eat somewhere. Jesus is like, no, we're going to feed them out here in the middle of nowhere. And uh, what do we got? And they, they say, well, there's this young boy that's got some bread and some fish. And, you know, like it's very minimal. Jesus is like, that's all we need. That's what we yeah. need. And so this, this boy through the disciples ends up taking what he has and puts it in the hands of Jesus. And Jesus multiplies it so much that there's baskets left over. And I, <laughs> I look at, I look at my life and I look at the lives of so many others. That's what happens when we take what we have hmm. and we put it in the hands of Jesus. Um, and that's not prosperity gospel at all. I like, yeah. can't be anything further from that. But it's just simply taking what we have, our finances, and saying, hey, God, I'm going to trust you. Um, even my wife and I, uh, finances is one of the hardest things for me to surrender over to God. My parents went through a financial, really a financial hardship when I was in high school. They had a failed business and filed bankruptcy. And so I really made finances a, a God in my life. I, it wasn't until seminary that hmm. I went through a Bible study on finances that we began to tithe. Wow. And like, I'd, never, I'd never given a cent to anybody, even the church, and just really felt convicted. And I, I, since that time, I, I've, I've, one of my friends says the 90 always goes further than one, than the 100. Hmm. And that, that, that makes no sense. But when we, when we begin to honor God, when we begin to trust God, he begins to do things we never even imagine. And so I, I think that's whether it's helping somebody out, whether that's give, using our, our gifting and we begin to trust God. Like even this last weekend, I spoke on one of the largest stages I've ever, I've ever preached on. Hmm. And I'm just like, God, I feel so inadequate. As I walked up to the church, a church of like 13, 14,000 people, hmm. as I walked up to the church, I was just so like, oh, you are not good enough. You can't do this. And I, it just like lies I'm believing. And I find them just like, God, like I, I got to my little room, prayer room, and I just immediately fell on my knees. And I'm just like, God, you can, like, I'm just giving you all of me today. And like, you just need to speak through me because I feel so inadequate. And I'm just, I never cease to be amazed by what can happen when we just trust him and we just hand it over. Even it might just be our agenda for the day. Like even this last week, uh, it was a really full week this week. And I was so sure I wouldn't have time to finish everything I needed and um, instead of coming right to my office, I just spent time praying and spent time reading and connecting with God. And it was the craziest thing. I mean, literally everything fell into place. And at one point yesterday, I'm like, I have everything done. And I don't know how physically I have everything done. Like it was like, I don't know how this doesn't add up. And so <laughs> when we begin to take what we have, our gifts, 
our talents, our resources, our finances, and we put it in the hands of Jesus instead of hoarding it to ourselves. The Israelites, anytime they tried to hoard the manna, it started rotting and smelling up their life. That's the same exact thing that happens when we hoard things in our life. It just starts stinking, you know, like yeah. whether it's a gift, whether it's a gift or a talent we think is ours, all of a sudden we our start life starts stinking up like arrogance. Yeah. Uh, finances, we, when we start to hoard it, all of a sudden it's like, well, everybody's out to get my money and they just want to use me. And it's like, no, actually, no, I just want to be your friend. It, yeah. Like anytime we hoard it, instead of offering it to Jesus, yeah. it begins to mess us up. It's, it ends up be, our blessing ends up becoming a curse. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great. Good word. Let's go there. You know, you, you alluded to it earlier in the interview um, and you start with love has a name by talking about love being hard. And, um, and you share that, you know, that you went through some difficult times and you had been hurt. Um, how, how do you, how do you grow through that season and love well after you've been hurt and went through a difficult time? And I think honestly in the church, at least for me, I'll own it. At least for me, it's harder when it's in the church because these are supposed to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. You know what I mean? Versus somebody on the street calls me a, you know, hey, Aaron, you're an idiot. It doesn't mean a whole lot, but people are close to you. How do you, how did you learn and grow through that process to love well after being hurt? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And I share parts of it. I, I actually, I, I, as I've been doing interviews, I wish I would have shared, shared more of it. I think for me, the biggest thing, and this is the part that's not in the book, is really getting healthy yourself, mm. uh, really dealing with wounds. I mean, when you have a major wound, you don't throw a Band-Aid on it and keep running. Yeah. You, you tend to the wound. It's true. And I think, in, I think in ministry specifically, even missionaries, pastors, uh, again, we try to throw the quick Jesus sticker on everything. I, I was reading in a book sometime, one time, and it was talking about a, um, a Christian man's Jewish friend went to a, a Christian funeral and he said, you guys are terrible at grieving. Hmm. You know, like you immediately move to the celebration. He's like, I just want to remind you, most of the Old Testament is lamenting and grief. Hmm. And you, you immediately jump to the celebration. It's kind of like throw the Jesus bumper sticker on it. Somebody's daughter died, like, but praise God, she's in heaven. Yeah. It's like, but I'm hurting. Yeah. You know, like, but I'm hurting. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and so I think, I think that's something that I really had to realize was, was really dealing with some stuff and, and God uses trauma. He uses pain to address things. Uh, for, for me, just to be honest, uh, a huge part of my story is being a people pleaser. Hmm. Um, I share about it in the book. Actually, chapter two is about my friend, Jake. I was, I was not the popular cool kid in elementary school. And, um, and so when I started having people a couple of years ago walk out of my life without, you know, asking any questions to hear kind of the two sides of the story, God was just, I just remember feeling like God said, uh, Adam, I didn't cause this, but I'm absolutely going to use this because I've been trying to address this people pleaser in you since you were a little boy. Wow. And um, what are you going to do now when you cannot control what other people think about you? I mean, hmm. it's impossible. Like, you yeah. know, it's impossible. What are you going to do? And so, so I, I think the first thing for me would be to really get healthy, yeah. to, see a, to see a counselor, to address some things uh, that you maybe haven't addressed. Uh, a great resource, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, is a book that I live and die by. Pete Scazzaro, yeah. uh, he talks about getting healthy emotionally. So I, th- I think that, 
And then uh, I think another thing, and really it was my heart of the book. So the, the book, it's 27 chapters, basically 27 names who have either loved me or the, I've tried to love them. It's like specific people. And I think so often, specifically when we go through a season of pain, we think about all the people who have wronged us, even when we're not in a season of pain, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing if I was to ask everybody listening, who are the five people who have wronged you? You know those names so quickly because you've cursed them out in your car when you're just by yourself. <laughs> you've had a boxing. I mean, you think about punching their face in when you're working out, if you work out. like, I mean, like all, the, all these things. You check, you check their Facebook account regularly, even though you're not Facebook friends with them. I mean, like, like we know all these people so well, but what if we begin to focus on the five people who have loved us so well, hmm. the five people who, who had the, the, the grounds to walk out on us and they hmm. stayed. Yeah. The five people that we treated like garbage and yet they still treat us like we're the salt of the earth. Yeah. What if we began to think about those five people? Woo. You know? And so I think for me, I just began to think about all the people who had loved me, not all the people had walked out, but the people who stayed. Yeah, And that began to minister to my soul. And then the, the last part, again, really getting healthy, focusing on, on all the people who ha- have loved us. And then the third, really just trusting God. Like, uh, I want to put my soul back out there again. That's true. I, um, I, I, I've shared this and it's just so true. I can remember thinking, thinking in high school, at what point do you become 60 years old and you become this bitter old person? Hmm. Like what, at what point do you become this bitter old grumpy person? Cause it just, it seemed unfathomable that I would become that person. Yeah. Like I'm just like, at what point do you become a jaded, angry old man? <laughs> well now, now I'm 38 years old and I asked the exact same question. It's just the opposite. Wow. My, my, my question now is how do you get to 60 years old? and still have a soft heart. Hmm. How do you get to 60 years old and still assume the best? Yeah. How do you get to 60 years old and still wake up each morning excited about life, excited yeah. about getting to meet a new person? Cause that almost seems unfathomable. Yeah. And, um, it is in unfat, it is impossible except with Jesus. Yeah. And so it's, uh, I, I found myself really having to pray of like, God, Help me to, to not think that everybody that I cross paths with is going to be like a person that I, I already had crossed paths with and wronged me. Yeah. And so it's really a process of like, Jesus, I want to step out. I don't want to be bitter. My goal in life, one of my mentors, he passed away a few years ago. He was 93 years old, had the softest heart ever at the end. Yeah. And I'm like, man, that's my goal. Yeah. Soft heart. Yeah. And uh, that just takes a lot of trusting God, getting healthy focusing on people who have loved you, focusing on Jesus, asking for the Holy Spirit to, to renew you and restore you. Yeah, it's awesome. That's what, you know, I interviewed a, a gentleman by the name of Dr. Warren Bullock, and he says his dad taught him to have the skin of a rhinoceros and the heart of a child. And um, I, I told him, I said, you know, the problem is for me is my skin gets a little thin and uh, it's not as tough and as thick, but it's, it is the truth, you know I mean, in that process. Yes. It's hard to have both of those things. And yet, um, I think it's the power of the Holy Spirit that yeah. allows us the, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of us. Amen. You know, how do I, how do I love after being hurt? The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives yeah. inside of us. The way, the way Jesus loved people 
throughout this season, the last two years, the way it's the way Jesus loves people that makes him so other than me. That's in awesome. the past, in the past, I would have said it's the way he does miracles. Mm-hmm. It's the way he, uh, you know, speaks and things happen. Like it's, it's all that, like, that's what makes him other than me. And now I'm like, no, those things are definitely other than me. I can't do that. Yeah. But the thing that makes him other than me is the way he loves. I mean, just the fact that he's willing to wash the feet of, of Judas, that he's willing to, to immediately come find Peter yeah. after the resurrection. Like, you know, like I just, I'm like, man, I, I'm not, I'm not washing Judas's feet. And I'm telling Peter so long fella, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and so it's just like, oh yeah, I'm like, Peter, are you kidding me? We, yeah, we're not talking. I unfriended you. On the, wow. the second and the second day, I, when I was in the tomb, I, I found my phone and I unfriended you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so, you, know. you know, the other thing I think is is your friend was your friend in school, Jake. Is that was was his name, Jake? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. What impacted me about that story was the impact of uh, that when people love us, and you talk, you hit on it that when people love us, and what an impact he made in your life, and it really challenged me. To be a Jake, to, to be someone that to bring people along, to bring people rather than exclude people, include people and love them because it challenged me because you remembered his name and it didn't, yeah. even, you didn't just remember his name, his name's in your book and what a profound impact. It was just, it was challenging and um, a great testimony. Well, well it's, it's kind of cool because uh, um, I'm pretty certain Jake doesn't know the Lord hmm. and um so I, I reached out to him when I was writing a chapter about him. I'm like, hey, would you be okay if I wrote a chapter about you? And he said, absolutely. I'd love that. <laughs> and um, so he bought the audio book when it released. And he, he, again, doesn't know the Lord. And he said, hey, I've listened to the book start to finish two times. Wow. And I listened to the chapter about myself 10 times. Hmm. And he said, I just want you to know, um, I really needed to hear it because I've, I've been so sure that I'm not usable by anything or anyone wow. and really, really been at a low point in life right now and struggling. And he's like, it just really like, thank you so much. And it's, it's so cool that, uh, his own story ended up ministering to himself. Yeah. And, uh, I, I pray for, pray for Jake often. Uh, Jake has a naturally soft heart, hmm. and um, I just I just think it's so cool that even even God can use us even if we're not following Him. Yeah. You know, like I I just think it's so cool. And sometimes, like this is the sad part for us as Christians. Sometimes people who don't follow Jesus do a better part of reflecting Jesus than we do. <laughs> you know, just just like you said, like I I without question agree. Nothing hurts worse than being hurt by Christians. Like it's a different, it's a different level of pain. It's like, shouldn't this be different? Yeah. And, um, and yet it, which shouldn't, we shouldn't feel that way. Cause you know, we follow Jesus and we hurt and wrong people all the time, <laughs> but it's just like, it's just so cool to me that like God can use us even if we're not even following him. Like, yeah. so surely if we're following him, he can use us. <laughs> and so, you know, cause I think it's easy just as a missionary, as a pastor or whatever of like, God, what are you doing? Like, are you doing anything? It doesn't seem like the corn's growing at all. It doesn't seem like anything's happening. 
And, uh, and God is, he's just like, you just be faithful. I'm the one who causes the sun to shine and the rain to fall from the clouds. You just, you just plant seeds. That's your job. And, um, the harvest is it's me. Like I, I do, I do all the work that you can't do on your own. And learning that, you know, that lesson of learning that we don't control outcomes. You know, that's, I wish I knew that 20 years ago. Um, and that's, you know, I still have to remind myself, but it is, it is realizing what being obedient, what God has called us to do. But at the end of the day, I don't control outcomes. He does. And uh, yeah. man, I'm glad he does because there are a lot better <laughs> outcomes than would be with me. Hey, one of, the, one of the other things you talked about in the book, um, I just wanted to ask you about is, you know, today we're more connected but probably more lonely than we ever have been. You know, you, Facebook, all of the social media stuff is awesome, oh, yeah. but it does, we do seem to be more lonely. And then you, you mentioned earlier in the podcast that um, about staying when everyone is leaving. What are some reasons do you think in this day and age that's more important now than ever to stay and love people rather than leave like the, the which is common? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, well, I think that I think it's it's always been important. Um, maybe now more than ever, and um, oftentimes we leave a person when it's 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 convenient for us to leave. Hmm. Uh, we leave if it hurts our reputation, if it makes us sacrifice for the person, if people maybe might misunderstand us by hanging out with a certain person. Hmm. Uh, when you go through a season of pain, whether, whether you've made a mistake intentionally or accidentally, whether there's just gossip about you, you will find out very, very quickly who your friends are and who your fans are. Yeah. I mean, fans come and go when it feels best for them. Yeah. And fans are fickle. They love you one moment and then they leave you the next. They, they throw palm branches on the ground in front of you one moment and then they yell crucify you the that's next, true. you know? That's and that's, we, we read that in the Bible and we're like, that would never happen. And it's like, oh my gosh, it happens all the time. <laughs> but it, what's, what's interesting is oftentimes in those moments, uh, you know, a per, another person's character is in question. Like oftentimes that's what's happening. And so people are exiting that, that person. But really, when we have another person in our life whose character is being questioned or it's not a good thing to be around them for whatever, in that moment, like this is what we don't think about, our character becomes questioned. Hmm. Like that's when, that's not questioned. That's when our character is tested. Hmm. Because what we do in that moment when, when a friend of ours is, is having people walk out, all of a sudden, it's our character. Well, wow. we walk out. Yeah. Just because I don't want to get in this. Yeah. It, that's when our character is questioned. And so I, I don't think we think about that a lot of times. It's like, no, that, that's God sees our heart. Yeah. Of like, man, man, this guy, uh, he no longer can get me the hookup that he used to. I'm, yeah. I'm leaving. Jesus is like, are you kidding me? Are you like, are you the most shallow? What? <laughs> you know, like, or we start gossiping or we start whatever. Like that moment is a critical moment of our character and God does see it. And so for me, what I want to do now is I want to be the person that when everyone's walking away from them, yeah, I want to beeline it to them, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, and I, I, uh, the woman caught in adultery is a, a perfect example of like kind of cancel culture almost like they're like, <laughs> They got their stones. They got her. She was caught in adultery and Jesus gets close to her. And uh, I just think like, um, is that never more necessary than today 
when we just have this kind of mob mentality, like uh, looking for the next person to attack and whatever else, what if we were the person who um, got closer to that person? By the way, when we get closer, it doesn't mean that we're okay with what they did. Hmm. Like our, our, the, the friend at the center of the gossip might've just had an affair. Hmm. There's nothing okay with that. Hmm. God's not pleased with that at all. This woman caught in adultery. There's not a part of her actions that Jesus is like, that's okay. Hmm. Like not at all. Yeah. But even still, that doesn't change the way that he gets close to her. And hmm. Levi, when, when Jesus goes over to Levi's party, all the Pharisees are grumbling and mumbling. It, it hurts his reputation. Yeah. And uh, I, ho- I hope that we'd be that type of person that would be uh, when everyone else is walking away, when everyone else is, is stepping out, I want to be the person that gets closer. And I think what a testimony to that person. Uh, I, I know that, and I've, I've been a now a, a, a around enough people who have had people exodus out of their life. When you get closer to a person, they'll never forget you. Hmm. Like they will always remember like on my worst day, that person showed up. Wow. And specifically as Christians to non-Christians, they will never forget that action of like, man, the day my wife left, the day my husband left, the day I got caught uh, and I ended up in jail because of what I did, that pastor, that person, that missionary, my friend from college who was a Christian, he was the first person who reached out. What? Hmm. They'll never forget that. That hmm. will be a moment where you minister to a person on a profound level and you will have access to their soul for the remainder of their time on earth to share about Jesus. Wow. I mean, they'll, cause they'll just be like, you stayed at my lowest time. You can tell me anything you want to tell me. I mean, it's the most bizarre thing. It's like extreme access. And I think Jesus did that so well, you know, I know like Levi and Zacchaeus and all these people are just like, you can tell me anything you want to tell me. Like, <laughs> everybody else is grumbling and mumbling. And you like came and told me to get out of the tree and I'm coming to your house. Like, and so like, I, I just think, I just think like that's such a huge opportunity. And now I actually, I'll see people in the news who are going through something publicly, like hmm. whatever. And I'll try to write them a note Wow. or I'll try to say, Hey, if you ever need to talk, here's my yeah. email address. Wow. And, um, and I don't do that with everybody, but there's certain times that I'm just like, I really feel led. Wow. That person now has no friends Yeah. and I don't, I don't really know them, but I just want to offer like, yeah. Hey, you're going to get through this That's and, awesome. um, you're going to be okay. That's awesome. One last question. I've taken more of your time than I asked oh, for. This is good. Uh, you discuss the healing power of love, um, through unlikely people. Can you share, just share the, the story of Brett and how his love oh. impa- impacted and challenged you um, to love differently? Yeah. So, so Brett is a friend of mine that I've known for years. We're the same age. He started businesses. He leads uh, groups in town. I mean, he's done every, like, like water skis, like snowmobiles, plays lacrosse and hockey, all these different things. And um, another, another part of Brett is that he has cerebral palsy and has for his entire life. And, um, and so, I mean, just a person that challenges me to not play it safe, challenges me to, to go for it, challenges me to love people. He's one of the most welcoming, encouraging people you'll ever meet and just has a knack for knowing when you're going through a hard time. So a couple of summers ago, when I was going through my rough season, he reached out and just said, Hey, can we grab, can we grab lunch? And so we met at the, at one of the places, downtown Sioux Falls. 
Uh, Brett needs, really needs help with almost everything. So I opened the door, I helped place his order because I, I just knew that the, the cashier might struggle to understand him. I mean, help cut up his food, help get him, you know, ready to be able to eat. And so from all sense and purposes, uh, I was the healthy one and he was the broken one. You know, mm-hmm. just, I'm talking like just looking at physically. Right. Oh yeah. That guy is clearly the guy who's got it together. Yeah. And, uh, that guy in the wheelchair, clearly the person that needs help. You know, like that, just being very kind of crude, that's what, like, if you were looking at us, that would be the case. And yet it couldn't have been further from the case. Mm. I mean, I was the broken one mm. feeling like I needed, uh, metaphorically, my food cut up and my door opened and someone to do everything for me. And Brett was the one that was like, uh, opening doors and, you know, like helping me and yeah. serving me. Um and, and in that moment, he just spoke words of encouragement to me, basically just reminding me of God's love for me wow. and reminding me that this isn't the end. It's only the beginning. And I just, I just love how God uses unlikely people. And I share about the story of Joseph, uh, the man who takes the body of Jesus and, and, you know, like Joseph, uh, just to kind of set, I mean, like, this is Jesus. You think that angels would show up to take his body and bring it to a grave. Like there'd be this holy pomp and circumstance. And yet it's pretty cool to think that God uses a human, this man named Joseph, um, to take his body, um, and care for it. And again, I just, I just think God has continuously wants to use the most unlikely of people to do his work. Uh, he, he doesn't take the qualified, he finds the unqualified. He doesn't take the perfect, he takes the imperfect mm-hmm. and he uses them for his glory. Um, even this weekend, I just preaching at that church when I got done. Uh, so the response was very solid. I mean, just people like, wow, that was, that was powerful. Whoa, whoa. I bought your book, all this kind of thing. There was not a part of me that was like, I'm a pretty big deal. Hmm. You know, I mean, like if I if I would have, I feel like God would have been like He would have showed me His Instagram pictures of me on my knees begging Him to show up when I got to that room first thing that morning. <laughs> He'd be like, "Oh, hot shot! Can I just show you a picture on my Insta story really quick? Because uh, yeah. you remember this right here from like roughly three and a half hours ago." <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? And so, uh, like, it was just like every person I'm like, God's faithful. Like that's so, yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad that God can, God connected it, but that is so true for us. If you feel unlikely, unqualified, unusable, you are right where you need to be for God to use you in awesome ways. Amen. And, um, and when you, again, just like God, I'm taking what I have and I'm putting it in your hands. I just ask you to use it, that you'd move. Uh, Cause I can't do it without you. That's, Amen. that's when God's like, I can do something now. Like now I can do something before, man, you got it all figured out. You're kind of doing your own thing. Hey, that's great. You know, yeah. like, let me know, let me know when you need me, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but when you come and from the very moment you get there, you're like, I need you like right now. Like I'm, and it's, that doesn't mean we do nothing. No, I yeah. still needed to go preach and yeah. I still needed to have my things together and all this kind of stuff. So it's not taking a part off of us, but it was just like, no, I need you. <laughs> like I, I need every part of you. And, and that's when God, God moves. And Brett has just been a shining example of that to me. And um, just seeing, I mean, he's truly shaking so many things up. Um, he's really a spokesperson for um, really the kind of handicapped community. 
uh, here, here in Sioux Falls and also across the state. And I mean, just like a guy, uh, I went to an event that he was the main speaker at a couple of weeks ago. And I told him afterwards, I'm like, Brett, you crushed that. I mean, that was amazing. And uh, it's just so cool to see, to see Brett um, being used by God. Amen. Adam, will you pray for us? We pray for the audience and pray that God will use um, your book. First off, where can people find your book? And then, um, and then once you share that, could you go ahead and then just pray for us? Yeah. Yeah. You can find um, both of my books pretty much anywhere books are sold. So amazon.com, Walmart, target.com, Barnes and Noble um, is pretty much anywhere books are sold. You can get a copy of the book. You can find me on Instagram and Adam A. Weber. Uh, it's probably the place I'm most active or on Twitter at Adam Weber. And I'd just be grateful to be able to connect. But Aaron, thanks again. And uh, just a huge honor for me. And I'll, I'll pray for us. Awesome. Lord, Lord, we're just so thankful for you. And I just give you thanks for my brother, Aaron. I thank you for this podcast. I thank you for the ways that you're working in and through him and the ways that he doesn't even see that you're working in and through him. And, and God, I just lift up every single person who is listening right now. I give you thanks for these missionaries, for these followers of you, for these pastors that are being used by you. Um, Lord, I pray that you just meet them right now. Would you just remind them of how much you love them? Not because of anything they're doing, not because the the work that they're doing. You love them because they're yours and um, that you love things that you make and that you create. And you just, you just love, love them and delight in us. And so God, I pray that you just remind us of that. You're the one, uh, we're, we're, we're the one that you love. And that's just so crazy. John had that figured out. Would you help us to figure that out, God? Because we just need to be constantly reminded that you love us dearly. Um, Lord, I pray specifically for the person who's hurt or jaded. I, I pray specifically for the person who's bitter, who's got a huge wall built up around their heart. Um, God, you don't want us to live like that. Um, you don't want us to stay in that place. And I'm so thankful the same power that raised Christ from the dead. Some of us feel like that's what, that's the only way we can. That's the only way we can. And so God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, we ask that you'd live inside of us right now. And um, there are steps we need to take, like seeing a counselor, maybe talking with a friend, um, maybe, maybe handing some things to you, God. Maybe there's some things we need to confess, some sin in our life that has kind of led to some bitterness or, or whatever else it might be. Would you highlight those things? Your ways are so much better than our ways. Um, so God, we confess those things to you. We just hand over all these things, these rocks we're carrying, this luggage that we're hauling around with us. God, we just surrender it all to you. Would you remind us right now of just the different people? Maybe it's been 20 years ago or last week, someone just showed us an act of kindness. Um, we just thank you for the ways that we've been loved. And as a result, Lord, we just want to love other people. And so even today, maybe there's just one person we cross paths with that we've never asked the question, what's your name? We just ask their name and find out a little bit about their story and maybe pray for them. Um, Jesus, we're so thankful. Um, we pray all this, all this in the name of love, all this in the name of Jesus. All God's people said. Amen. Amen. 